Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Big Recon on Sports Podcast. I am your host, I am the Big Recon. Today is uh, Thursday, September the 3rd, 2020. Um, and I say special episode, as I mentioned on Twitter, I will do the full trade deadline breakdown and what's been going on with the Mets in the last week, but um, yesterday gave me pause as a Mets fan. By now, those of us in the sports world know that yesterday, a man simply known as the franchise uh, passed away. Tom Seaver, 75, um, had been suffering from dementia, effects of Lyme disease, and now, according to reports, uh, COVID. So um, it's it's been a tough 24 hours in Mets world. Um. So tonight's episode will be short. Um, it's not going to be my normal 30 minutes of rambling on the same topic. Uh, this one will be shorter. It will also be one that is going to be tough for me to get through. Uh, when I found out last night, I am not too much of a big, uh, you know, big guy to say that I was visibly upset. My daughter, who was here last night, actually asked me a couple of times today if I was okay. So that can tell you where I'm at. Um, so I'm going to start with, we're going to give some background on Tom Seaver. We're going to get into his Mets years, mm-hmm. what he meant to the New York Mets, and what he meant as a player, and what he meant as a legacy to Mets fans. Now, I've done probably close to 75 of these now. Um, you guys have seen the Mets home white jersey. What you haven't seen is the pin. And that is the retired number 41, which was the first number retired by the New York Mets in 1988, one year after Seaver retired. Uh, The hat I am wearing is actually the one I wore the day I met Tom Seaver. I met Seaver in 2003, and I'll get into that story as well once I am uh, done with the rest of this. Bear with me one second, because I record the vocals on my old cell phone, and it's being very crazy right now. Um, so, the t-shirt I have on also says City Field on it, and as we all know, last year, if anybody caught my live from the 1969 World Championship event they had to honor the 50th year since that championship... Uh, you know that City Field no longer is Roosevelt Avenue. It is 41 Seaver Way. Uh, it's been a long time coming. So just to throw some background to you about Seaver, of course, born in Fresno, California, November 17th, 1944. Um, won to Fresno City College for a year and then transferred to USC. At USC, he was outstanding. He attributes, he had a growth spurt, but he attributes going into the Marine Reserves and training and working uh, in the um, at the fruit distributors and slinging boxes and the training he did as a Marine for getting him into a bigger body and helping him throw harder. Uh, Seaver, of course, got to the Mets by a stroke of luck. And when I say stroke of luck, I mean literal lottery luck. During Seaver's uh, season at USC, he was signed by the Atlanta Braves. Now... He had not accepted any money. He had not decided what he was going to do. 
but him and his father tendered the contract with Atlanta. The old rule with the NCAA, the, MB, the MLB commissioner at the time actually voided the contract, and he would try to go back to school to play, and there was an old rule saying once you signed a professional contract, you could not play after your team has started the season. So Seaver was left in limbo. After his father threatened to sue the National League, the commissioner decided to throw Seaver's name in a hat, and any team that would match the $40,000, which in 1965 was a lot of money, anyone who would match the $40,000 would be put into a special lottery. And out came the worst team in baseball, the New York Mets. Seaver made his Major League debut in 1967, winning the Cy Young Award after winning 16 games and pitching over 250 innings. He was the man that turned this team around. Hence his nickname. Not Tom Terrific. The franchise. A stellar 68 in the year of the pitcher made way to maybe the greatest season he ever pitched. The 1969 season, which culminated in that Miracle World Championship, defeating the Baltimore Orioles in five games. Seaver went 1-1 in the World Series. He lost game one. He won game four, pitching 10 innings. Seaver won 25 games in 1969. I'd have made a case for him to win the MVP, but this is 50-some years ago. They didn't do that then. He won 25 games, and from the middle of August to the end of the year, he didn't lose. And he went the distance in every single game. In July of that year, when the Mets were chasing the Cubs, Seaver pitched what now in New York Mets folklore is called the imperfect game. 25 consecutive hitters were set down. And number 26, a punch and Judy oft-used infielder by the name of Jimmy Qualls, got a base hit to left center field, and it ended the perfect game. Seaver was the transformative athlete the New York Mets needed, and he delivered at every level. Three Cy Young Awards, 69, 73, and 75, along with a 1970 and 71 when he led the league in wins in ERA, or I'm sorry, strikeouts in ERA, but lost the Cy Young Award. Once to Ferguson Jenkins. I don't know who the other one was. I probably should have looked that up before I jumped into all this. I didn't because this is more of an emotional thing, not a fact-based thing. That's why I'm having a hard time with it. Seaver carried the Mets to the 1973 National League pennant with the You Gotta Believe Mets. Tug McGraw was amazing. Seaver was just as good winning a second Cy Young. And of course, 75, he wins his third. And then came the biggest mistake ever made by the New York Mets in the history of its franchise, 58 years. And Donald Grant, and Tom, who was the chairman of the board at the time, and Tom Seaver didn't get along. But Seaver made it known to the Duralay family, who inherited the team from Joan Payson, who was the original owner, that he wanted to remain a New York Met. He was going to sign a below market for the beginning of free agency for a pitcher of his stock contract to stay with the Mets. And then columnist Dick Young, who if anybody heard what Howie Rose had to say last night, he ripped Dick Young to shreds. Dick Young wrote an article saying that Seaver was unhappy because Nancy was unhappy because Nolan Ryan was making more money. 
And he got on the phone to Joe McDonald, the GM, and he said, get me out of here. Now, the New York Mets have made a lot of bad trades in their 58 years. They sent Nolan Ryan to the Los An- to the Angels. They were Los Angeles Angels then. They weren't Anaheim yet. Um, oh, they were the California Angels, excuse me. Uh, for Jim Fergosi. They made the biggest bonehead move of their history. And on June 15th, 1977, the New York Mets sent the franchise to the Cincinnati Reds for Pat Zachary, Steve Henderson, Doug Flynn, and Dan Norman. Are you kidding? That's what you got for the franchise. Mets fans were so mad at the front office when that happened. When Seaver came back later that year, maybe the next year, but it was his next visit to New York, Seaver got the win, a complete game masterpiece, and he got a standing ovation from a full house at Shea Stadium. Met fans of that era grew up with Tom Seaver. He was their hero. He was the man that turned them from the worst franchise in the game into maybe the most improbable two World Series runs that you've ever seen. The Mets never finished anything higher than ninth place until 1969 when they won 100 games and won a World Series. They were 82-79 and 79 in 1973, and they won the pennant. Seaver spent the rest of the 1977 season and into the 80s with Cincinnati, doing something that no Met did until 2012, and he threw a no-hitter against the, Cincinnati, against the St. Louis Cardinals for the Cincinnati Reds. Fun fact, Keith Hernandez was in the lineup for the St. Louis Cardinals that night that Seaver threw the no-hitter. But on opening day 1983, Met fans were given what they'd wanted since June 15th of 1977. And in a move he had never done before, Tom Seaver, who had re-signed with the Mets that offseason, came walking out of the bullpen through right field at Shea Stadium to 50,000 fans pouring out as much love as they possibly could. He beat Steve Carlton that day and later in the year did one of the funniest things you'd ever heard of. So 83 was one of those transformative years for the franchise because Seaver came back to give us back in touch with the glory days. But they also brought in Daryl Strawberry, who won the Rookie of the Year that year. And on June 15, 1983, they traded for Keith Hernandez. As the story goes, when Hernandez walked into the Met clubhouse that night, or the day of his trade, Seaver looked at him and said, hey, welcome to the Stems. And he said, the Stems? Stems is Met spelled backwards. And Hernandez was like, where am I? Inexplicably, after the 1983 season, Tom Seaver was left unprotected in a free agent compensation draft because Frank Cashin didn't think anyone would draft him. He was the face of the fr- he was the franchise. He was pushing 40 years old. And the Chicago White Sox picked him up. I want you to imagine what the Met rotation would have looked like with Dwight Gooden at the top and Tom Seaver in the middle. And Ron Darling. Howie Rose made a great point last night. If Tom Seaver would have been not been left unprotected, the Mets would have won three consecutive division titles, 84, 85, 86. And in another gut-punch move to the New York Mets, Tom Seaver won his 300th game as a member of the Chicago White Sox at Yankee Stadium. 
The Yankees did a classy thing and brought in Lindsey Nelson, who called most of his early career with the Mets, to broadcast that game. And to hear Lindsey Nelson in his voice say Seaver has won 300, at the time I believe he was the 16th man to ever do it, um, as a Met fan, it makes me angry to know that. That he was there and they let him go. Seaver would finish his career with the Mets after a stint with the Boston Red Sox. Of course, famously, Seaver was on that Red Sox team that went to the World Series in 1986, but because of a knee injury, was unable to pitch. As Game 6 wound down, Seaver looked at his old teammate and shortstop Buddy Harrelson and said, I'll call you later. Two nights later, with the Mets three outs away from a world championship, Buddy looked at Tom and said, I'll call you later. Seaver came back to the Mets in 1987 and just couldn't get it going. Even went down to Norfolk and tried to get ready for the season, but all the bullets were out of the gun, as they say. Seaver retired a Met and retired the greatest Met ever. A year later, the Mets retired the number 41, the first player to have his number retired by the New York Mets that played for the New York Mets. The second, of course, was Mike Piazza, 18 years later. His numbers speak for themselves. 311 wins, over 3,000 strikeouts, sub 2.5 ERA first career, just above 2.5, excuse me. When elected to the Hall of Fame in 1992, Tom Seaver went in with 98.8% of the vote. And of the five men who did not vote for him, one of them was quoted as saying, I simply forgot. When Howie Rose would introduce him at anything, whether it's the closing of Shea Stadium, the 2009 40-year tribute to the 69 Mets, he always said it this way. The Mets' all-time leader in wins, strikeouts, and shutouts. He had the lowest ERA in Mets history. He gave us all memories that we will never, ever forget. So I mentioned at the beginning, I'm wearing this ratty old hat. It was purchased at All Amazing Night, 2002. The 40th anniversary of the franchise, and of course, any all-time team with the Mets, your right-handed starting pitcher was Tom Seaver. But a year later, I actually got to be on the field at Shea Stadium. So this was 17 years ago, this past May. And I was standing on the place that I was to make my living when I was a child. This I was going to pitch for the New York Mets. And it was an awe-inspiring moment for me. So as I sat there, and I'm watching them take batting practice, and there's Piazza, and there's Leiter, and Franco, and all sorts of guys that I enjoyed watching. I hear three older men talking behind me, and I turn around. And for any Met fan... Who knows the franchise? I'm going to throw some names at you. Original Met, Al Jackson. One of the first few years of the Mets, Jim Hickman. And the glider himself, Ed Charles, were standing behind me. Laughing and joking like three old friends. 
And then Ed Charles pointed. And I followed his hand. And here came the franchise. He was in a suit and tie that day because he was doing the game on Picks 11. He walked up to Ed Charles and his wife and he said hi to Al Jackson. He said hi to Hickman. But he walked up to Ed Charles and gave him a hug. And then he gave a hug and a kiss to his wife. And then as he signed my copy of the first edition of 2003 Mets Inside Pitch, he looked at Ed Charles' wife and said, Hey, do you know why your husband always played third when I pitched? And she started chuckling and said, No. He said, I used to talk to all the girls in the front row. I threw too hard for anyone to pull me. I am a person who can talk to anyone. But as I stood there in his presence, I could not form words. This is the man I emulated as a pitcher. Because my father emulated him as a pitcher. Drop and drive. My dad could get lower than me. But that's how I pitched. Tom Seaver is what every Met fan ever aspired to be. The franchise. The man. 311 wins, 195 of them in a New York Met uniform. Records, he set. Nine consecutive seasons of 200 strikeouts or more. 19 strikeouts in a single game, and the modern-day record of 10 consecutive strikeouts to end a game. In 1970 against the Padres in April, he struck out the last 10 batters. So think about that. He did not allow an out outside of a strikeout from the end of the sixth inning on. One in the sixth, three in the seventh for four, three in the eighth for for seven, and three in the ninth for ten. I was at the 50th anniversary uh, ceremony last year. They had named it 41 Seaver Way the night before. They had said the statue, which obviously was delayed because of COVID, will be unveiled next year. Should have been up when he was alive. Tom Seaver, to me, was what every Met fan who wanted to play for the Mets should aspire to. I have a uh, large DVD collection, if you saw the, um, the movie episode. One of the films I have in there is a DVD of the 50 Greatest Mets, and Ralph Kiner had a great line. The greatest player in Mets history is Tom Seaver, and it's not even an argument. And it's not. In the last couple years, Mets fans have had to endure a lot between the what-if of 2019, the end of the captain's career in 2018, opening day 2018 when I was there, and we lost Rusty. But last night, last night hit me here. The only thing I can do is take my hat off and do one of these to the greatest player who ever laced up a pair of spikes 
or put on a glove for the only team that I will never, ever turn my back on. I thought it was a nice little thing today that every New York Met who played or didn't play today had a rub of dirt on their right leg, right where Seavers would have been when he pitched. Every Met stood on the field and took their hat off and pointed it toward the 41 in the upper left field corner at City Field. A classy move by a team that knows they would be nowhere without this man. As I wrap this up, I will say this in closing. There's only one other person I could meet that I would be that speechless with, and that's Billy Joel. But it still wouldn't be the same. I could strike up a conversation with him. To stand at the right arm of the greatest right-handed pitcher who ever lived is something I will never forget. I will tell my grandchildren of that. Thank you for the memories, Tom. We lost you way too soon. Catch, catch back up with me on Sunday. I'm going to break down the entire Major League Baseball trade deadline, which was pretty crazy. I will also get into what's been going on with the Mets and where I see going forward with the rest of the season. And maybe we'll even get into some Big Ten football. We're going to get back into the Browns soon, too, because that season starts next week. As always, Big Recon is a proud member of the TimeSkew Podcast Network. We can be found at timeskew.com, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Anchor, Big Recon on Sports on Facebook, Big Recon on Sports on YouTube, at Big Recon on Sport on Twitter. Thank you, Mr. Seaver. You have made being a Met fan so much better. See you guys Sunday.